Welcome to another episode of Records Revisit, podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man that, well, there's a lot of things he can't control, like loving the podcast and his alcohol. <laughs> Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. How a lot, Ben? I mean, guilty. So for this episode, we have a special guest. Her most recent record is called Building and includes the song Firewalker. And we're gonna we're gonna talk some about that record. Please welcome to the podcast, Shannon Labrie. Hello. That was funny. I've never had anybody do that before. Well, we I try and incorporate lyrics into his intro and um I love it. Throwing some lyrics for Lover, You Should Have Come Over for the intro just sounded really like um, <laughs> super, super weird. So I just didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't go there. So I liked it. Anyway. All right. Well, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each episode, I ask the all important question. So let's start with Wayne. What t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing Rage Against the Machine, uh, Evil Empire. Oh, cover. Yeah. Okay. That's a great Excellent. record. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shannon, how about you? What t shirt are you wearing? Yeah, I have a shirt I got in Detroit at a Goodwill. Um, and it is Sade. It is an early Sade t shirt. And it is one of my favorite shirts. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. I have never been lucky enough to find any cool shirts at a Goodwill. <laughs> I well, yeah, I, I get lucky, but I travel all over. Well, normally on tour, so I, yeah. I get a cool one every once in a while. I have the Shaw Day one. I also have a really great old uh, Jimi Hendrix T-shirt that okay. I found at a Goodwill once. That's about it. Excellent. Well, I did find uh, Shaw Day's Diamond Life on CD at a Goodwill. Ah, oh, such a good record. You know that they're really. I I don't know if I am I allowed to keep talking. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm just having a conversation with you guys. Um, yeah, did you guys hear that she's releasing new masters of her whole collection? A new box no. set? Yeah, really? that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah, I'm so excited. Wow. Excellent. When is that coming out? Uh, I can't remember, but I, I know it's in the next... I think it's coming out in the near future. Because I, I saw it come in my email box. Yeah. The news. You know, you know what I've never heard? I don't think I've ever heard a Sade interview. Like she doesn't do interviews at all. Yeah. I I don't think I have either. Yeah, I can't. How can you control your, your career in that manner? Like in these days, (laughs) you wouldn't be able to do it, right? No, you wouldn't be able to do it. That's the beautiful thing about the nineties and early two thousands, man. There's, there's like a mystery and I don't know. It's kind of neat. It's interesting. You bring that up because in the two records, there's two records that I really mold over for this podcast. Okay. And I'm trying to think of why I ended up picking the one I did, but the other album that I almost picked, which I'm sure you've already done is the miseducation of Lauren Hill. We have not done that, which yet. is, yet. which is in my opinion, well, the, that record and the record we're going to talk about are, I think two of the greatest albums ever created in the history of humanity. But um, my point is I have only heard one interview with Lauren Hill and it's really good. And I should send you the podcast. It's a podcast called What It Takes. And, okay. um, oh, it's so great. But listening to Lauren Hill right after, you know, the pinnacle of her career was pretty, pretty fascinating. So you're, so you're probably one of the few people with the Rolling Stone updated 
500 greatest albums. So Lauren Hill snuck into the top 10. Oh, so are you one of the few people who has not said that's not deserved? Cause I I'm on record saying that's not in the top 10 for me. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm oh yeah. I'm I think it should be in the, I think it should be in the top five. I think it should be in the top five. Okay. All right. Yeah. We may have to have you back Shannon so that you can try and convince us that it does deserve to be in the top 10. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now now I'm gonna get all passionate about Lauren Hill. <laughs> yeah. Which also these are the the two records that I think are the greatest records of all time are also artists that only did one record, which is interesting to me. Yeah. That uh those two albums had such an impact on me. But Gotcha. All right. Well, I haven't even said what shirt I'm wearing. So I'm I'm wearing my uh David Bowie shirt again, Wayne. Oh. So my my the 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 same t-shirt that i wore for our hunky dory episode that we did with lisa loeb oh lisa loeb love her i don't know how that ties into jeff buckley or just to <laughs> shannon at all but um there you go um all right so shannon i know you from the song alcohol which i used in the uh intro for for, for <laughs> wayne uh so i know that from a few years ago i don't remember what playlist i found it on spotify but it instantly became a song that I listened to a lot a few years ago. What was that? 2016, 2017? Yep. It was 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, how can we not like you with doing a cover of Tom Petty's It's Good to Be King on your recent record? Yeah, that was also somebody that that I could have also put easily in one of my favorite albums of all time. Which is? Which one? um, I'm a massive fan of Echo. Really? Okay. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite record of his. As far as like so many songs that I love on one record, but um, I mean, Wildflowers is incredible too. So yeah. they're all good. Yeah, we're yeah we're going to be doing spoiler alert. We're going to be doing a Wildflowers episode here in a couple weeks. Oh, as a so celebration good. for the deluxe version that they're putting out. So I know, and his yeah, and his birthday's coming up. He's doing a big birthday party stream that's coming up, which will be good. Oh, I didn't hear about anything about that. Who's who's doing that yeah. one? You know, I don't know if they've released the lineup for it, but I know it's happening. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. And you you also have a song called Petty Days. Yes. Yeah, I wrote that song um, the day after he died. Yeah, but and that song was kind of a. Yeah, that song was in honor. It's a it's a tribute to him, but it also was the day after the shooting that happened in Vegas, uh, and it yeah. that week was just a horrible. That was just a terrible week, <laughs> and I. Um, but I love Petty Days because I my friend my my bass player actually when Tom Petty passed away he said man I feel like I lost one of my best friends. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people in America feel that way about Tom Petty. Absolutely. Wayne, do you kind of feel about feel that way this week with, so we're recording this the week that Eddie Van Halen passed away. Oh, in a, in a lot of ways. I more so, I think with Tom Petty, I mean, I, you know, when you're the voice of, of all those songs, um, but yeah. Uh, and especially because Tom Petty, like I said, when we were younger, he didn't seem to be anybody's favorite band, but you know, 45 year old guys, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was their favorite band. Lots of them, but that was their favorite band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as you get older, you even appreciate Tom Petty even more. 
But you felt the loss when, when right. Bowie died, though, right? Oh, I yeah that that hit me incredibly hard. Yeah, that was like yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah, just sitting listening to to Bowie songs for hours on end, not going to sleep at at that night. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. you and you yeah. and I have had the chat about Bowie, especially with um, Lily Hyatt's great song, "The Night That." David yeah. Bowie died. Yeah. So we kind of have those same strong feelings that Lily did put on, on wax. Oh. And I feel like that with Prince as well when yeah. he passed away. I mean, I, I probably spent probably the next three days. That's all I listened to was Prince. Mm. So I remember that. That well, I felt I felt that way about Bill Withers too. Talk about another record you could talk about. Oh yeah, Bill Withers, man. Oh yeah. Oh, jeez. So what what lyrics did you <laughs> did you um did you incorporate from Petty into Petty Days? I know you you did a you mentioned American Girl, but maybe I, I should yeah, listen a little closer. Well, there's a couple things. I I feel like it can be really cheesy when you do that, but um, but yeah, in the first verse. And I hope it's not, it doesn't feel cheesy anyway when I'm saying it. Um, But yeah, the first verse, I reference myself as an American girl. And then the second verse is, um, what was it like to be brave? Because you never seem to fray. You never back down. Um, When the trouble came. And so, yeah, I guess I referenced back down an American girl. And I don't know. He's just such a he was such a force and it, he was, it's just incredible that somebody for that long of a career, you just felt like Tom Petty, like had your back. And like, if, if, if trouble was on the way, like he, he was going to be on the front line. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It's like, I've never met the man in my life, but I felt like he had my back. Right. Wild. Yeah. 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 That works. Let's talk new record. So Firewalker. So what, what number record is this for you? This is three. This is my third album and yeah. Building Firewalker. It's, that's it's right. out. <laughs> I just, I said Firewalker, didn't I? And it's actually building. All right. Well, I asked you the number because I know you've put out a lot of singles and, and EPs. Mm-hmm. Like I was listening to your EP from the, the, the smokestack this morning. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I'm on the firm belief that, I mean, there's a system, especially when you're working with a team of people, which you want to be working with a team of people, uh, you know, there's a system in putting out a full record, but in between, you know, I, I record all the time and I'm, I'm constantly writing and, um, I just, I really like to put out material when, when I have the opportunity to. So, so yeah, the smokestack sessions was, was my, between my last record and this record, EP that I did um, that has alcohol on it, which was when that first came out. So did you record any of your albums there at the smokestack? Um, Just, just that session. That was the one session I did. And then I just went, um, I just went into a really heavy writing phase for a couple years and was on the road a ton as well. And then this session is we recorded at blue, the blue room studios in, in Berry Hill. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was asking because we had Ben and Emily from Carolina Story on an episode a few weeks ago. They recorded their last record at Smokestack. Oh, it's amazing! It's really good. And of course, Wayne yeah. 
Liz Longley recorded her last album there. I was just going to bring her up. Just that record is so good. That album. Oh my gosh. I am such a fan of Liz Longley. That record is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We are too. I'm proud. I'm a proud lizard. Yes, me too. All right. So, so I'm, I'm not familiar with the studio that you recorded this one at then. So where's it located? Yeah, it's actually just down the street, literally, um, a few buildings down the street. Okay. Blue Room Studios is um, run by Brett Mayer, my, my publishing company. But Brett Mayer is a incredible, renowned engineer, and he also co-produced this record with Charles Yingling with me. But the studio is amazing. It's um, it's just one room, and they they're one of the few studios in Nashville actually that still record can record directly to tape live to tape. And that's what we did with this new record, which was my first experience doing that. Okay. And, uh, the board they have in there is kind of fun. Um, do you guys know who Michael Amardian is? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm also a huge Christopher Cross fan. Um, yay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But, um, anyway, Mike, that used to be Michael Amardian's board soundboard in California. And so like, Christopher Cross recorded his record, his records on that. Um, Michael McDonald, like a lot of yacht rock yeah. artists, recorded on that board. So it's kind of cool that we, um, you know, it's just got a really good energy. But yeah, Blue Room Studios is cool. They've got a lot of cool. Taj Mahal just recorded his new record there that's coming out, and nice. they've got some cool artists. Yeah, some cool artists coming in and out. Very cool. I'm reading the Tint Ted Templeman book right now. Just about done with oh. it. So he kind of goes through you know, recording the doobies and, you know, Michael Marty and mm-hmm. is talked yes. about, uh, quite a, quite a bit in that, in that, uh, cause I mean, he was, he was on a lot of those yacht rock records. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and if you look at, if you look at credits, like I, I recently found, uh, the second Nicolette Larson record in the dollar bin and okay. Michael O'Mardian's all over that record as well. So, that's interesting. I'll have to check that out. I'll you have do, to do that. Do, you do. You do know Nicolette Larson? Um, no, I, I, like I know that I know that name, but I' gonna be honest with you, I can't reference anything All that right. comes to mind right now. Start with "Lot so. of Love." That's her, okay. her cover of a Neil Young song. All right, and she totally makes it her own, and it's one of one of the best songs of the seventies. Wayne probably doesn't agree with me, but I don't know if I does. He hate the seventies. No, he I hates yacht rock. I, I don't. <laughs> oh, hate is such a strong word. I don't. I'm not a giant <laughs> fan of it. Uh, but that, but that is a great song by Nicolette Larson. Yeah, it's great. All right, we, we've totally gotten off topic. Um, Sorry. All right, back to back to uh, Firewalker, and I I almost called it Firestarter, and that's the prodigy. So, um, sorry. Um, <laughs> So Firewalker, I love the hand clapping part. Where, where, where's that inspiration coming from with the the hand clapping part? Um, thank you. And you know, it's funny is that's hand claps and also pounding of chess. And it was Brent who's, yeah. And Brent, Brent, who's a a renowned engineer producer. He like, and I mean that, um, like his first tape cut, he talks about this heat when he got inducted into the engineer hall of fame here in Nashville, but his first tape cut was to Otis Redding Mm. and he was taping it. And Otis Redding leaned into his ear. He was like 17 and said to him, Hey, don't mess that up. 
<laughs> but can you imagine like lining tape up to Otis Running? But um, but yeah, he we when we decided to put the bridge in the intro to that song, um, and we did a cappella, you know, because we recorded it live. But when we, uh, I don't know, we were in the studio, and I looked at Brent, and I was like, I feel like should we do some like claps? And he just has the coolest rhythm, and so we just he and I went in and overdubbed, and we played our like chest, like right where our heart is, and then yeah. we did the claps. It was. It's fun. All right. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like that would be a really great song to hear live and you get the audience to participate with the hand clapping part. Oh yeah. I, get, I would like to play anything live. I was going to say, <laughs> did, you get a, yeah. did you get a chance to play that at all live before we went through quarantine now? Um, no, but I have, I've, I've actually just played my third show since March um, this week, so I've I've been able to play it three times, and it is a lot of fun. Awesome. I love it. Right. Yeah. Angels Fall. I think that's my favorite song on the record, though. Um, and can I just tell you that I'd love the sequencing from that of that song right after Raining Hallelujah. Oh, thank Good you. Sequencing. That's Good sequencing. Thank you. We, we mold over the sequencing on the album and we're like, is it too predictable? But, um, you know, Raining Hallelujah to Angels Fall. But I, li- I like that, too. So I'm glad you like that. Yeah, I liked it. What's the story behind Angels Fall? Angels Fall is inspired. Um, so I, I learned to play guitar from my dad. My dad, I grew up on a very, very, very small farm in Nebraska. And my dad is a great songwriter just in our little family. Like I grew up singing, you know, four part harmony with my siblings to the songs my dad would write. And when he got sick when I was little and he ended up passing away, but when he got sick, I really wanted to play guitar like my dad. And so he taught me how to play and Um, we just had a really special music connection and I would say in the last 10 years of my life, you know, you know, when someone, when you lose somebody early on and time goes by, you kind of start to like, for me, I, I can't, I don't think I can remember what my dad's voice sounded like, you know, like his speaking voice. And sometimes you feel so distant from them, but in the last 10 years, I've just felt so much like when I'm on stage or on tour, some, sometimes I just actually feel um, his presence. And it's just the most calming feeling. And I, I, I totally believe in those magical, <laughs> those magical, mystical things in life. And so that's what inspired Angels Fall was feeling like my dad, you know, has, has just kind of been there next to me, pushing me into the direction that I'm supposed to go. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Too scared to walk inside 
So this might be a weird question then. So who plays percussion on your record? On on the, this album, Near Z played drums. Okay. And he also did percussion with the exception of the chest and hand claps gotcha. <laughs> on Firewalker. Yeah. Um, and I don't always pick up on those those kind of things, but he has a really good feel of capturing like the essence of each of your songs. Oh man, I will make sure Nier knows that he's he's an incredible drummer. He's uh, played with some pretty incredible people. Cool. Um, title track building. So, how have you kept that attitude of we're building, we're building in this stupid year of 2020? <laughs> In this phenomenal year of 2020. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. You can't spin this. I, I know you might know. try and spin it positively, but no, 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 no. Well, you know, what's crazy is I, I'm just going to illuminate my life to you guys on here, but I got out of a 10 year relationship the end of last year. Okay. And that was a really big life change. And then I went on tour January, February. So, but I wrote building about what I wanted that relationship to be. And then that we parted ways. And so I was just kind of crashing on my friend's couch for a couple months till I got back from tour to figure out what I was doing. And so March 2nd, I moved into my new house. And then March 3rd, the tornado ripped through Nashville and like my neighborhood. And, and uh, so that, so the song building in the title track, and then as we all know, all my tour dates right. were canceled and we were all grounded uh, because of the pandemic. So the song has taken on many different meanings. And for me, it's, you know, we're all rebuilding and figuring out and adapting. And uh, so that's, that's how that song's staying relevant to me these days, but I'm also a diehard optimist. So I do, I do believe in silver linings. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're hoping for some <laughs> silver linings. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so so tell me, does the song that's titled "Raining Hallelujah" have any ties to the record we're going to talk about today, or is that just coincidental? That is coincidental. I didn't okay. even think about that actually. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. I've I've been known to psychoanalyze a few of our guests, so um, there's probably yeah, yeah there's probably some kismet to that. Well, you know what's crazy is, I don't think I I don't know. Does anyone listen? Can anyone see the word hallelujah in a song and not think of hallelujah by Jeff Buckley? No. Like I, I just, yeah, I don't think it's possible. So of course, um, but when we wrote that song comes from such a genuine place. I wrote that song with Tia Sillers, who's one of the greatest songwriters in Nashville and newly a nominee for the songwriter hall of fame, which is amazing. But she had just lost her husband of 17 years to cancer her dad died and she was diagnosed with breast cancer all within three months and i met her right after that and and so she was just in the throes of grief and i was in a in a kind of dark place in life i could say sure. and we met to write a song and she walked into the writing room and she said you know shannon this morning i went on a hike and it was one of those days that i you know how am i going to get through this day and she said it was stormy. It started to rain. And then halfway through the hike, a little sliver in the sky opened up and the sun shined down. And she said it so genuinely. She said, Shannon, it was like it was raining hallelujah. And it just, the sun, I know it's shining and it just gave me what I needed to get through the day. And so that's where that song came from. Um, 
But it is, it's like putting Hallelujah in any song. You just instantly think of Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. All right. Maybe that's my favorite song off the record now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's great. Great. Shannon, tell, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. Yes, I chose the album Grace by Jeff Buckley, which was his his only record. Yeah. Sadly. So when did you discover this record? I discovered this record when I was living in Colorado right before I moved to Nashville. And one of my very good friends, Kendra and Isaac, I, I used to play at this place called Mary's Lake Lodge. It was a restaurant I worked at. And, you know, just play covers and stuff. And I, I had a couple people come up to me and say, man, you kind of, which is insane, but they would, you know, you kind of remind me of Jeff Buckley. Like, and I would just say, oh, thanks. I had no idea who he was. And then my friend Kendra brought it up to me and she goes, you never heard Lilac Wine by Jeff Buckley? I was like, no. And, and so that's how I got into the record and just fell in love with him. Gotcha. Wayne, did did you recall Jeff Buckley at all from mid nineties? Um, no. Like I say, it was a name I heard thrown around later. Uh, but at the time it came out, I you know, I may have I may have see, heard something talked about, but I know I never I know I didn't hear it played on the radio. I do remember seeing Last Goodbye played on MTV. Not not for very long, mm. but they did play it on MTV. They were pushing it a little bit, um, and then I didn't hear about it again for a while. Um, my best friend Jeff is a huge Jeff Buckley fan and had been pushing it <laughs> on me for, you know, he's like, you really need to check out Grace. Grace is awesome. And it wasn't until, um, what was the what was the record that they put out after he passed away? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> You you know which one a, I'm talking I just about. Drew a I blank. I've been yeah. reading about it all week, and now I can't not tell you the name of it. Hold on, I'm looking it up because yeah. I want to know. Because <laughs> I because I, um, I, I checked it out from the library when I was working graveyard shift at eBay, and this was your know, late '90s. And sketches for my sweetheart. That's it. That's yeah. it. 1998. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that that record has Witch's Rave on it, which is a great song. And it has my favorite all-time Jeff Buckley song, which is Everybody Here Wants You. Yes. Oh, it's so, so good. That's what 
Everybody here wants That's what yeah. launched me into being a Buckley fan. Was hearing, hearing that song at two a.m. Um, in a you know in a quiet building. Um, yeah, that's that, that, that's what <laughs> feeling that. feeling really confident. You're yeah. sitting there sipping a martini. Everybody here wants me, guys. Yeah, this is a good night. That's that's actually not true, but um, <laughs> but when it came out in August of '94, it it had it had a couple singles. We'll talk about that. But overall, the sales weren't great. Mixed reviews. Yeah. And I think that it's really been only been in like the last 15 years where there has been people coming on to the Jeff Buckley train. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mentioned the, the Rolling Stone 500 greatest albums. So it was in 2003 when they did their first 500 list, they ranked the album 303. When it when they revised the the list in 2012, it was ranked number 304. Now in the in the latest one that just came out, what a month ago, Wayne? Is that about uh, a month ago? Yeah, or less. Yeah. Or any any guesses on what number it is now? Nineteen. Not quite that much. Not quite that big <laughs> of a jump. Wayne, what do you think? Uh, 150. Yeah, it's 147. Ooh, nice, Wayne. It jumped up that many spots. Um, it's just above Frank Ocean's Channel Orange and just above John Prine's debut record and Bruce's Nebraska. Wow. I wanted to throw that out because I wanted to see if Wayne was going to refute the uh, it being above Nebraska. Uh, and for me, it is. I think the thing that it suffered from initially, and I know it took me a couple of listens, is it it's very it's varied it, musically, and I think a lot of times that it feels like inconsistency until you till you listen to it and and get immersed in it, and then once you do, um, that variation is is impressive. Should I share the, hmm. the, the, the one text that you sent me a couple weeks ago after your first lesson? You, you can, but I, <laughs> I might have been drinking. I say a lot of things when I'm. <laughs> I believe the text was so Jeff Buckley's grace is overrated. I, oh I, my I, God. I initially, I initially did believe that. Uh, but like you say, you have to listen to it because it sounds it, there's an inconsistency when you because he all of these songs. I mean, there's bluesy stuff and jazzy stuff. There's something as good as anything Soundgarden ever did at the time. So there's lots of variation and, and it it's a lot to take in when you first listen to it. But I think but that's that that's the beauty. Yes, oh. that's and that's the beauty oh my of gosh, it. For, for it's genreless. That's it's just Jeff Buckley. Oh. There's no one like him. There's Absolutely. no one that has ever been like Jeff Buckley. And eventually, oh, that <laughs> that sh that showed through. But it, it it doesn't always. It's not always that easy. It takes a little bit. But you got You got to want it. Yeah, it, he's also a little bit like. Um, I mean, the complexities, just the musicality of the whole album. And it's not super hooky. You know, it's not, it's he, like, he's not a, he's not Tom Petty. He's not writing a song that anybody can sing because he's singing it. And it's, you know, it's so hard and difficult. It's almost like jazz, you know, it's like a, it's a moment in time that can never be uh, replicated. 
And so I, I, I get that you might feel that way, Wayne, but also you don't like Yacht Rock. So I just don't know if I can trust Once you. Again, felt that way initially. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I've came, I have come around, um, not on Yacht Rock, but on Jeff Buckley. I think to me, a lot of it is his voice. Uh, you can, he's one of those artists that you can, you can feel like that what he's like his, the feelings he's singing about you are, they're very visceral and very, they're very, uh, yes. almost tangible. Uh, so yeah. I, that to me, his voice is, 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 is something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, oh, he's so amazing. That's, it's interesting that Frank Ocean is that I would not. That's an interesting album on that list. Now I really want to, I'm going to go read that list after, after we talk. Uh, prepare to be pissed off. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. Every time I, I go, mean, Frank Ocean up there with Bruce Springsteen and Jeff Buckley. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Every time I, I go through the list, I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, I feel that way too with their, the Rolling Stones list of greatest guitar players of all time. Sometimes I'm like, really? Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever read that one. Because I knew that I was going to get pissed off. Who did? Who did they put us number one? Honestly, I can't. I don't think I've read it yeah, for three or four years. Jimi Hendrix and the thing needs to be burned. That's that's exactly my Thank feelings. You. Yeah. Um. And and Wayne, you realize that we've done an episode with um someone who's had conne- had connections with Jeff Buckley. I who I I did not. So did you realize that um, Joan Wasser? Was oh, Jeff yes, Buckley's that was one of girlfriend. his girlfriend, I think, when he passed. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. I did read that. I didn't bring it up when we did our interview with her because oh, I'm like, no. yeah, that was so long ago. And I'm sure everybody asked her about that and who wants to bring up those painful things. So I just, yeah, yeah I didn't even bring it up. But yeah, good call. anyways, but but wow, yeah, but, the- Go go check out that episode. It's really good. Jonah Jonas Policewoman uh and the episode we did was Prince's Parade. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I, I love podcasts and I love your podcast. Thank it's you. so great. I yes. appreciate that. All right. Uh let's do the track by track. As a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? On the version we did eleven. Yeah, so when I was putting together the scoring spreadsheet, I didn't realize that Forget Her was a track that was added to the posthumous release. So originally the album only had 10 songs, but this was the release yes. that I knew. So I put that on the scoring spreadsheet. So, you know, we'll, we'll do so, all 11. But also 11 is favorite, right? Yeah. So top song's going to get 11 points. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've got a bad case of dyslexia, and I was looking at my list thinking, I hope I did this right, right? Yeah, okay. All right, so 11 points for top song. Next favorite, 10 mm-hmm. points on down to low score of one. So yes. um, let's kick this off. Uh, All right. First song, Mojo Pin. Yeah. my side 
What do you guys think about this as an opening song? Because it takes nearly a minute before Jeff starts singing. So, Wayne, what do you think? And I and that was in my notes. I don't think this works as as the first song, um, unless you cut that part out because it does kind of change after those after that first verse or whatever. But I I didn't think that it was a good choice as track one because there's that I don't know if it's keys, uh, something is making like that birds at the beach sound, uh, and then he's kind of whispering. <laughs> so it's not a very you know bold start. You know, usually I say that I want the opening tracks to punch me in the face and announce mm-hmm. their authority, but this one does eventually get to do some punching. I mean, you have to get into minute three, but I was listening to it again yesterday, and like, I don't know if I would want the next song, Grace. I don't know if I would want that to be the opening track because I think it would just lay the groundwork of this is a more straightforward rock album and with mojo pin having a lot of variation that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the record where you know you're going to have like you said shannon it's it's genre less it's yeah you're going to be taken on an adventure and i think that that's why i i kind of changed my mind that mojo pin was a good opening track. I like uh, also, I look at this album, like when I listen to a record and and nowadays I feel like art uh, for sure. I have been trained now to want that. Like I'm kind of with you on the, I want to be punched in the face. Like your first track should be like, Hey, this is who I am. But this record is such an, it's an, it's like a Pink Floyd record. You know, it's just a total experience. And I don't know. So I actually really like Mojo Pin at the top. But if I were to go back, I actually love the sequencing of this record. I think it's brilliant. But if I were to pick a different one, I probably would have put Eternal Life just up there and just punch people in the face. That's crazy. I said the same. Yeah. And I, my, because I had that same thought. And then I, but there's nothing else like eternal life on oh, the record. No. So my thought was, well, then exactly. now you just punched people in the face and maybe got them up for something that they're not going to get now. So where is it, where it is? I think it's, it, it, it really, it just like brings the record all the way back up to another spot for me. But I thought the same thing is like, that's getting, that's getting people's attention. But then they, if that, they may be let down if they think there's there's going to be more. Yeah, because if they there's, there's, nothing that, like, there's nothing like that, and that's why Mojo Pin is great. I totally, it's 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 just weird, and you're like, what is this? What's happening? But Eternal Life, you might hear it and think like, oh, this is a rock record, you know. And anybody who I don't know, and you might just totally lose his vibe. So anyway, I, I really love Mojo Pin. It was actually really hard to rate this. It's very hard to rate records in general. Um. Because they're all so good. We know. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is just rank- <laughs> I like to say it's ranking. You put them in the order of your favorite from yeah. most favorite to least favorite. We're not. I would never. Uh, but what I also loved about this song is I would love to have a mojo pen. Like if my mojo's not working, just mm. put on the pen and there you go. Yeah. Back. Mojo back. I was going to ask, what is a mojo pen? He only references that once, but in to my to my mind, it was it was something that you 
something physical that you use to get, to get your mojo going again. Cause this song is very dark and, and like sexy oh, yeah. in a lot of ways. And it also highlighted in the kind of what I would call the chorus that that kind of love and obsession, you, you can interchange it with heroin or something it, very easily. Anytime someone reference a horse, I always think of heroin. So interesting, but the two are almost, you know, that kind of obsession for a person or that kind of obsession for the smack. It's hard to, it's hard to distinguish sometimes when somebody's as lyrically poetic as Jeff Buckley. So yeah. you're thinking the Whatever. black beauty is heroin. <laughs> you, I'm just saying you can't tell at some points yeah. in the song. Okay. Because I think, what is it? Uh, blind and torture, white yeah. horse flow. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Born again from the rhythm, screaming down from heaven. Ageless, ageless, I'm in your arms. Gosh, he's so fucking good. Oh, shit. Well, yep, see, passion. There we go. Nope, I'm so that's, sorry. That's the passion. That's the passion. Yeah. I'm, not, yeah, I'm not editing I, it out. I apologize. Um, I'm blind and tortured, though. The white horse's flow. I mean, oh, golly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the um, also how he sings the send whips of opinion down my back. Give me more. Mm-hmm. Or kind of raises his voice with the whips. Um, yep. Oh, and Jeff Buckley does that. Oh, this album so much. I always love it when this happens accidentally, even as a writer and performer myself, when you, when the melody uh, goes with what you're saying and you don't even try. And I think Jeff Buckley is one of the most effortless singers of all time but when he sings the lyrics it's like they're one you know it's 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 amazing how his voice just i don't know wraps around the lyrics and it just makes them make so much more sense (laughs) it's great all right um let's get some scores on this one wayne what do you got i only gave it a three okay yes and shannon your score I'm at two. Okay. And this is my six. Ooh. All right. This was lower for me earlier in the week. And the more I've listened to this record, the more I really like this as an opener. So. Yeah. Jumped up for me. All right. Next song is Grace. And this was the album's first single. It was also released as a video. And um, it was written based off of an instrumental song called Rise Up to Be, which was written by Buckley's sometime collaborator, Gary Lucas. So if you see that in the songwriting credits. Um, mm-hmm. So he's got the instrument, instrumental parts to it. Um, Wayne, explain to me where... He, why he keeps bringing up the weight in the fire. What, what does that even mean? What's that line mean? Uh, to me, it's well, the whole, like I say, the, the, the idea in the song is that he's so 
in love that he could die and it wouldn't even bother him anymore because mm-hmm. he's known this kind of love. So, um, I mean, I'm assuming that that being in love, I guess, is 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 like like being in a fire. It's you know, there's all this. I mean, that's all. Like, I I got nothing. I didn't really focus on that specific line mm-hmm. as much as. Uh, and I feel them drown my name so easy to know and forget with this kiss. I'm not afraid to go, but it mm-hmm. goes so slow. Like just, uh, it's that's just beautiful. Like I say, all the references to death, and then, but at the same time, he's his his vocals like they it has this very uplifting nature to him. Like he's he's literally known this love so great that if he was to die today, he he he's okay with that. Yeah. And I love the, the the starting with the acoustic guitar, and then those and those that it's got these like tribal, like conga style drums in it that really it just right in the beginning, and they they come back in and out. It feels like, but uh, just gives it this real very powerful feel. Did you watch the video? No, I didn't watch any videos for this. I also have never watched the videos to these, which uh, I'm going to do when I get off the phone with you too. It's bizarre. This one is really weird. Um, it didn't explain the line weight in the fire for me either. So, so what? What do you think about? What I don't. Is that line I don't you? know. I don't know. That's. Uh, I've. Hmm. That's why I was throwing it out to you guys because I'm like I don't really. In, I mean, it's. It works. It's. It's. You know, there's a there's a cadence to it. There's a, a poetic nature to it, but I don't. I don't really know what it means. So, and I. I love it. I think that Wade in the Fire is an artist who loves pain and isn't afraid of it. And he's just like right on the edge and he just wants to stay in that tension. That's how I've always taken it. But okay. I don't know if yeah. it, it's, yeah. if there's any like Phoenix rising type of imagery that he's trying to, to, to put out there. But anyways, I think it's comparable to, you know, it's like slow dancing in a burning room. Okay. You know, yeah. to me, it's kind of the same, same thing. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, all right. This is my seven. Wayne, your score. Six. And then Shannon. I'm also at six. All right. Look at us, Wayne. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. Next song is last goodbye. that this was one that I do remember it getting some play on MTV uh, was reached number 19 on the modern rock tracks chart um, for whatever that is worth. I don't know if there is even a modern <laughs> rock tracks chart anymore. Um, yeah. This was originally titled unforgiven. Gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, Shannon, get us started on this. What, what do you like about last goodbye? Oh, this is one of my favorite songs on this album. 
Um, so something that's kind of fun. I, a few years ago in Nashville, there was a bunch of artists that we started doing these tribute shows. And, um, one of my favorite venues in town, the basement, the beast that we did, you know, like the white album had its birthday. And so we did this huge tribute and it was really fun, you know, getting to play. Like I, the owner of the basement prescribed to me here, there and everywhere. And then he also goes, I really want to hear what you'd sound like doing Helter Skelter. And so it's super fun to do tributes because you get to really dig into the records and yeah. the songs that, you know, for, for me, Helter Skelter is a pretty big reach, but it was fun. Um, my point is I ended up doing, I was like, oh, I want to do a Jeff Buckley tribute. I know talented friends that can, you know, sing. And I told my band and pretty much everybody was scared to do it. I'm like, no, no, it'll be great. It'll be great. We're, we're going to do the Grace the Grace album. And we started rehearsing for it. And it, I, I, it's the greatest musical undertaking I've ever done in my life. I, and the main thing is, and this song, my good friend Gabe Dixon performed this song at the tribute. But the tunings of the songs are insane. Like, like to figure out how to play these songs is, it's just great. Like nothing is predictable. And this song in particular, I, it, it feels to me, it feels hooky, but in learning it and playing on it, it's so unpredictable and it's so wild. And anyway, so that, that that's my main experience with this song it was probably one of my favorite ones to learn and play. Um, but overall feeling of Jeff Buckley, <clears throat> I, th- this title is like the title hallelujah to me. I, if anybody puts last goodbye in a song, I instantly think of the song. Right. That's all I can think of. Yeah. Wayne, what do you got on last goodbye? And that, and that, what she was just talking about musically works so well with the song. Cause the, mm-hmm. the, the protagonist is confused. Like he's in this relationship. It's clearly lost something. Yeah. Um, but not, there's nothing specific. It doesn't feel like to end it. But he, it's, but he knows if it goes on, it's gonna be, it's gonna be horrible. So he's, so there's just all this confusion that he wraps up. But it's, I love the way it starts with that bluesy guitar, and then he adds the bass, and then adds the cymbals and the drums, and then the bass work yeah. on this is really great. Oh, the, um, and I, yes, the string arrangements in general are are perfectly done mm-hmm. for this. And then the way they mix the acoustic guitar with it at the in like the last 30, 40 seconds. Oh yeah, uh, is is phenomenal. But um, he really just create musically creates that confusion that you can hear in the in the in that character, the guy that's in that song, um, with some of those lines about you know. Uh, well, just like, you know, it makes me so angry because I know that yep. in time I will only make you cry. This Ugh. is our last goodbye. Like he, it's just, it's going to be a train wreck if we go any further, even mm-hmm. though there's may not be anything, you know, like, and maybe I didn't know you at all. Like that, that when you are at the end of a relationship and you're trying to justify it, like, I don't, I don't even know this person, you know? Uh, so there's just a lot and he captures it musically and vocally. We've never oh, been the in relationships so like that, right? <laughs> Me, yeah, I've a fair amount, yeah. maybe. Yeah, man, that that whole Wayne, that is that is my favorite lyric in that song. The kiss me, it's so hard to think of the lyrics without singing it. But um, it's kiss me, please kiss me. Uh, out of desire, but kiss me out of, out of yeah, desire, out of desire, not babe. Consolation. Not not consolation, and it the makes blind. me so angry because I know in time, oh, it's so good. Kiss me out of desire, not consolation. That is insane. One Have we not all thought that? One of the best yeah. lines. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So good. All right. Um, 
Wayne, your score? It was, and I had to listen to this and another song like back to back over and over. So I eventually gave this my eight. Okay. And Shannon? <laughs> this is also my eight. That's interesting. All right. That's the last yeah. time you guys are going to agree. Um, just so you know. <laughs> um, and this is my 10. This is my 10. I love, I love this song. So good. Also, if I can just compliment on in learning his songs too, there he is the best bridge writer, in my opinion. He just writes the best bridges. And every song, like there's not a lot of repetition in a lot of it. And this song, though, every song it just slowly gets more and more tense, you know, as it goes on. Oh, it's just the best. This song is so good in that way. It really is. All right. Next song, Lilac Wine. I think more than I want to think. I do things I never should do. I drink much more than I ought to drink. Because it brings me back you. And this is a song that's been around for a while. Um, I did a little research, a song written by James Shelton, who was introduced in a musical review called Dance Me a Song. It was recorded, I think, the the, the most popular version up to Jeff Buckley's version was from Nina Simone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wild is that, the wind. Uh, it's on that, that record from what? 66. I think it is. Yeah. That, that song is, that version is amazing. With all the, 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 the various versions of this though. Um, so Jeff Buckley or Jeff Beck also recorded a, a, a version of this. Uh, Miley Cyrus released it as a video in 2012. Um, Did not know that. Yeah. Um, avoid that. Um, <laughs> sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, forgot to put my filter on today. Um, but Nina Simone's version is just, <laughs> it's haunting. And um, this, this one's, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to defer to Shannon because I'm, probably need you to talk me into why this is one of your top songs because it was not one of my top songs yeah it is one of my top songs also this is the song that introduced me to jeff buckley so i feel like i just um yeah i i think yeah he you know he popped my jeff buckley cherry so of course this song's <laughs> gonna be in my top three I mean, and, and his voice, his performance of the song. And what's interesting is Lilac Wine and um, Corpus Christi are, are a little bit interchangeable on this record for me as far as the vibe, his vocal performance, the simplicity of the recording. But to me, Lilac Wine, the song just stands out. It's just a great song. Um, but I, I think I think it's in my top two because because it was the first time I heard him, you know. So I know you've you've released a number of covers out there on Spotify. Why is there not a cover of Lilac Wine out there? I know. 
Because um, <laughs> I've actually, well, I've actually talked, because after we did that tribute, that was like three or four years ago, we did that tribute. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I should do a Jeff Buckley cover, but yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think it would be that. Because, because I think I would just, I think I would try to do it like him, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and when it comes to covers, you just really need to like make it your own and feel it. And I just, to me, that is, that is a Jeff Buckley ver- song. And also, man, I, f- I forgot about the Nina Simone version. I'm going to have to listen to that later too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You, you yeah, do, you do your own spin on, on covers, like all by myself. I had to go, I know I've, I know this one. And then then I'm like, Oh, Eric Carmen. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Oh, Eric Carmen. Even though I love him, even though he's not popular on Twitter, that's for sure. Um, Oh yeah. Um, stay away from Eric (laughs) on Twitter. Um, He likes, yeah, he likes to fight Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, But no, but also, um, the intro to the song, if that doesn't grab you, the way he presents that first verse is, it's stunning. It's just instantly I'm I I can't I can't get away from it, you know. Yeah. Wayne, I haven't heard from you on Lilac Wine. Yeah, this is my score doesn't indicate how much I like this song. I like that he did stay true, fairly true to the Nina Simone version. I think yeah. as a song, it's very well written because especially towards that last section, you can you can he's going through all these phases you would go through if you had been drinking. Um, he's, you know, mm. now you're, you know, I love you, man. And he, you know, he's starting to see her and then he starts to panic and then he's not sure he sees her cause his, his, it's getting hazy. And then I think he passes out, but he still puts that very well, very well in the song. And I like that lilac, I guess is a symbol for spring. Cause it's one of the flowers that blooms earliest mm-hmm. and confidence, which I think is key to this song because clearly this guy is lacking that and so i think making wine out of lilacs is to try to get that confidence so that that's a cool touch also but i uh it i had to warm up to it but i do think it's a better as a piano song but they do a very uh they do a they do it justice with the guitar so do i have to be a drinker to really appreciate this song no, I wouldn't say that, okay. but I just, I maybe to understand that last verse and how accurate it is, maybe you probably, you, it, it helps. All right. Well, that, ex- if you've got some time under your belt, that explains my four score. Um, <laughs> okay. Wayne, your score. A five. And then Shannon. I'm at 10 with lilac wine. All right. So next song is so real. This is also a single. Um, I I guess I got 
Grace Grace's video wrong. This is the one that's a total trip. This oh, okay. This, oh, yeah. that makes sense. That yeah, make this sense. this video is crazy. Um, and uh, I will say this: I I love the sequencing a lot, going from Lilac Wine to this song, and then to Hallelujah, mm-hmm. which is coming up next. That's that's brilliant sequencing, yep. in my opinion. Um, there's not a whole lot on the lyric side. Like we've been gushing on the lyrics for for this, but I don't feel like there's a mm. whole lot on this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, there's there's a, not a lot. I do like that. The I like that line about the um, where he says I uh, stepped on not stepping on the cracks. Uh, I'm afraid to hurt, to hurt mother, my mother. Which, yeah, yeah, which gave it a feel like he's known this this person for a lot, like he's been in love with her for a long time. Like since they were kids, when you would have those kind of thoughts that ran through your head. I immediately started um, singing whip it from Debo. <laughs> he's, he's loved her since the first time he heard whip it by Debo. Okay. Um, wow. And I Man. love the, I love the riff that they, that the, he, the little strummy guitar riff in between the lyrical <laughs> phrases. is really cool. Yeah. Oh, but so it's good. the chainsaw that comes out in the middle that mm. just, I just, it just explodes the whole thing. And I didn't, I was not prepared for that. And so it, it, it gave it an, it made it feel uneven in it. And it, cause this, this song does start to take, it seems kind of, it's got kind of a, you know, a, a le- pace that, that, that fits it. And then all of a sudden, it, it blows up and it goes all wonky and it kind of comes back to it, but never quite right. But uh, so it was that that's where the score lowered, lowered from. Did me. you not learn uh, anything from Mojo pin that he's going to yeah. take you on an adventure here, Wayne? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? Sometimes adventures work and sometimes they don't. Okay. All right. Man, the unpredictable. The, he's so unpredictable in that. And that's one of my favorite things about Absolutely. this. And also on a lyrical note, this is one of my favorite songs in the record because of the lyrics. I mean, remember the smell of the fabric, you know, like afraid to step on the cracks that you said to hurt my mother. Um, there's another, Oh yeah. With the way, man, who says we walked around, what is it? Till, till the moon got full, like a plate. Yeah. That is amazing. I've never heard anyone say anything like that in a song before. Kills me. I'm afraid to love you. Ugh. And I so don't, good. And I don't know of a song that includes the word invocation like he included here. So anyways. No. That yeah, no, that's I'm trying to think of it in my head. And you guys, I'm gonna have to start Googling up the, here. The wind blew an invocation <laughs> and I fell asleep at the gate. That's yeah. it's the line right after Not the one you quoted. <laughs> good stuff. So good. All right. Let's get scores. Wayne, disappoint right. us. A four. <laughs> and this is my eight. And Shannon. This is my this is my nine. Alright. And next song <sighs> is Hallelujah. You saw her bathing on the roof. Her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you. And she tied you to her kitchen chair. And she broke your throne and she cut your hair. And from your lips you drew the hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Shannon, I'm looking at your score. You got some explaining to do. I know. I I really struggle. I just struggle with it. It could it could easily be my my highest scoring song. It it's one of the greatest songs ever written. But just looking at the album as a whole, and you know, taking in the big picture of Jeff Buckley, um, I just had to make room for the songs my my favorite songs in the record. I mean, Hallelujah is just a. I don't know. It's like if we scored a Beatles record, like would you put Imagine at the top? I don't know. Yeah. Or would you have to make room for all the other songs on that record that you know are amazing? I don't know. Okay. I get that. I, I don't. Do you, do you guys listen to? Uh, do you guys listen to the Malcolm Gladwell podcast, Revisionist History? Yes. 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 One of the Did, best a, episodes of any podcast ever was the one talking about this and the Elvis Costello. Yes. So. Oh my gosh, guys! I feel like we could be friends. We are friends now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know we are. <laughs> but no, that that episode. Oh, it's so good. And that that episode, and also the other episode on the on George Jones, like country music versus mm-hmm. rock music was so good. But that episode on Hallelujah and just the, the evolution of that song is as a songwriter, it's so inspiring because you just see, you just see how a song can just take on so many forms. And then there's just this moment where everything comes together and the stars align. And, and it's also crazy that when this album came out, that song wasn't, wasn't the favorite, you know, like that song didn't Jeff Buckley's version of hallelujah. Didn't really get renowned till after several years after he passed away. Yeah. This was not one of the singles that they chose. Yeah. Now I don't know if that is because it's nearly seven minutes long. That might've had something to do with it, but no, this, and, and this kind of took a life of its own over the last, you know, 20 years or so. Like, and maybe mm-hmm. does that contribute to your lower score of been there, done that? You've heard it. Everybody and their dog has has yeah. has covered this. I, I probably, but I, I will say when we did this tribute, we made that the last song of the show. And my friend Jess Nolan, who's a phenomenal artist, has a new great record out. Um, but she worked out this stunning piano version of it. Okay, and um. I mean, if I were to say any time I've sung this song or hear this song, it does make me tear up. I mean, the the, um, the heart nerve endings that this song touches are every single time. You know, it's a slam dunk. So, I don't know. Maybe I need to put it up to my highest score now that I'm talking to you. It's all good. We're not trying to guilt you into anything. So, um, it sounds like you are. I'm not. Uh. No, I'm not. No, I'm. I'm. I'm just trying I, to understand, Wayne. I'm trying to understand. But I mean, maybe there's a God above all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who overdrew you. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. And also, I've got to stop swearing. No, it's all good. Oh my gosh. It's all good. <laughs> I'm it's, so sorry. I, I told you before we started, I'm like, look, <laughs> I know. PG-13, unless you're passionate about it. So if you're well, passionate <laughs> about it, it's okay. It's all right. I've caught myself off guard a little. I have 13 nieces and nephews who I hope don't listen to this because I would feel very bad. <laughs> and and Wayne, yeah. this is not the first time we've talked about Hallelujah. No. And um, when, when else have you? That we did various positions with uh, Lucette. Um, last year, yeah, last yeah. August. I I still my I I love this song and it's such it's such an amazing song. Just mm. for uh, and I will say just to to 
what you had said about emotion. I had read something that they, the reason that they use this in, in TV shows and movies so much is when they think an actor can't portray the emotion that they want, <laughs> they, they know Jeff Buckley will wow. play a, different sections of this song to, to, to set a mood in a TV show or, or a movie. That's true. But I love the opening, that opening line about, um, well, I heard there was a secret chord that David played yeah. and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really like m- music, do you? That's, mm-hmm. I love that line. Like this impresses God, but it does not impress you. Yeah. I mean, just to, uh, and just the, I, I believe Leonard Cohen said, this is about the many uses, of, you know, the many different kind of hallelujahs. And I mean, there is mm-hmm. hallelujah. She's so beautiful. Hallelujah. Yep. God help me. Hallelujah. I love her. Hallelujah. This is over. I mean, there's just all over I mean, the board. I mean, you saying that makes me want to cry. <laughs> like just hearing you say those lines. I mean, that's, it's profound. Yeah. And I love yeah. that the, the progression is in the song. Um, the, the, what is the fourth, the fifth, the minor, yeah. fall, yes. the major lift. That's it's C F G yep. F or a minor F. So he, it's just, it's just a brilliant song. All right. Let's get scores. Wayne. I gave it a 10. All right. This is my nine. Mm. And then Shannon. I'm in, I, I feel like I should be like, I should have a lashing for this, but this is a, uh, my three, but to be oh. fair, every one of these songs could be high up. And I also want to give talking about, you know, just being an artist and like people who cover other artists' songs. This is such a great example of that because Jeff picked these verses, you know, this was the version of the song that, and he made it his own in such a way um, oh, it's so good. You guys realize yeah. that this song was the number one song in 2008 on the Billboard Digital Songs chart. Well, when did What's Her Face do? She did this song on SNL. Was that four years ago? Do you remember that? Uh, one of the comedians sang this song on SNL, like in the last five years, I feel like. Do you remember which one? Hmm. Um, oh, who's the brilliant blonde comedian on SNL? She's so funny. Oh my goodness. What is her name? Kate McKinnon? Yes. Oh. Um, and I feel like it was, I I think it might've been, I think it might've been when Trump, when Hillary lost and Trump won. I think that, uh, maybe that was the Dave Chappelle episode, but she opened the show or, or closed it. And she sat down on the piano and she played hallelujah. Oh, and it interesting. It was amazing. Yeah. You should go watch it. It's pretty, pretty right. remarkable. No, that was not because of SNL. So it was because of American idol. <laughs> okay. Here, here's a household. Here's a household name. Guys, guys remember Jason Castro. I, I don't. Okay. Should I? No. All right, uh, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next song, Lover, You Should Have Come Over. (laughs) Yes.
gosh, yes. the song. Um, mm. Is that organ and accordion at the beginning or just accordion? Um, it's actually it not accordion. What is it? Yeah, I thought it was an organ. Hold on. Now, now you you guys got me on Google. I'm gonna Google this. Okay. Uh, because I remember I asked my keyboard player to play it on. I was like, "Yeah, don't you have a pad that can do that?" He's like, "No." <laughs> um, I'm gonna look it up for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought it was an organ because it works so well with the funeral line. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has, it has that kind of dirgy feel to it. Oh yeah, it's a. You're right. It's a harmonium. Okay. So it's a small, oh, tiny organ. organ. Um, yes. So, so Wayne, I'm, I, while she was looking that up, I went to our scores for Leonard Cohen's record. Ugh. And we were, um, we were all in agreement that Hallelujah was the best <laughs> song on that record, which leads us <laughs> to this song, which um, we're all in agreement that this is the best song on the record. The, oh, that's oh, yeah. that's cool. This doesn't happen often. So I, in, in fact, um, I'm looking at. Um, forgive me. I'm I'm doing math here. Um, only seven times <laughs> we've done 140 some odd episodes. Only seven times have we all agreed on the same song as our top song. Oh wow! Yeah. So we we are officially we are officially friends. We are. Yes. Yeah. We go. We're practically married at this point, guys. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, all right. Um, so I, I tweeted out last night cause I was listening to it for the last, for the last time before I, I finalized all my scores and that opening verse. Mm. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. It's oh. so dang freaking good. Um, looking at the door, I see the rain fall upon the funeral mourners parading in a wake of sad relations as their shoes fill up with water. (sighs) Maybe I'm too young to keep love from going wrong. Oh, but tonight you're on my mind too. You never know. Yeah. A couple of things that I, I I love because this, I, I just love this song and I, because he's got this longing in his voice, but the idea of, you know, putting a funeral in there to show how over this relationship is. Yeah. Like, uh, and then the line that always gets me is my kingdom for a kiss on your shoulder. Like I would give up everything just to kiss your shoulder. I don't, you know, who knows what it would take to get to your lips. I'll, I'll give you everything I have just to kiss your shoulder. That's just, that's, that's beautiful. Also, um, my, I'm doing a lot of podcasts with the record. A lot of people have questions. And one of the questions that comes up a lot is like, what's your favorite lyric ever written? And this is the bridge to the song is my favorite lyric ever written. And it's, yeah, my kingdom for a kiss upon her shoulder. It's never over all my riches for a smile. You know, when I slept soft against her, all my blood for the sweetness of her laughter. And then the, she's the tear that hangs inside my soul forever. I mean, come on. Well, I like like the verse right before it because how about this for imagery? So lonely is the room. The bed is made. Mm -hmm. The open window lets the rain in. I mean, the bed is made. I mean, that that tells you it's over. Burning in the corner is the only one who dreams he had you with him. That's him. He's like, he's remember. uh, uh, And then there's this one female 
like harmony that comes in towards the end, just out of yes. nowhere, and it's never anywhere else. Ugh. And it's oh, it's just like perfectly timed. Like when it happens every time, I just I don't know. I I get a like a shiver up the back of my yeah. spine. Uh, yeah. Also, I also have chills all over right now. By the way, which is just the fact that we're <laughs> that we're not even listening to the music right now. We're just reading the lyrics yep. and reciting them. But you know, the, also I feel too young to hold on but I'm too old to break free and run. I mean, oh my gosh, too deaf, dumb and blind to see the damage I've done. Oh, the humility and like the brokenness is so real. Well, no pun intended. It's so real. This song is so real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. Um, Let's just throw out the scores so that we can hear, hear us say it. So Shannon, your score. 11. Wayne. 11. And I'm 11 as well. All right. Yes. Next song, Corpus Christi Carol. Shannon, Wayne and I, this is where Wayne and I are going to disappoint you, I think. So, so tell me why, why you like this song way more than we do. Okay. So to me, this is strictly, this is the vocal performance on the album. To me, this is the, this is the song that I don't know if there's a man on the planet that can sing what he's singing on this. The range is insane. It, it is insane. And so to me, just the vocal performance on the song is unreal. And also, I have a connection to this song because I've never been to Corpus Christi before. This song just hits me in a place. I can't explain it. And actually went, I was on tour in Texas and my band went back to Nashville and I stayed back and I drove down to Corpus Christi and camped on the beach by myself so that I could like fully experience this song. Um, so that's part of the reason this is high up there for me. <laughs> I used to have a client in Corpus Christi, so I'd have to go out, out there once a year. And um, which, yeah. which beach did you camp out on? I, gosh, I couldn't even tell you which beach, but I will say that it was very disappointing. There's, there's some scary beaches there. Yeah, I actually had a very scary night. Um, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I camp. I love to camp. I love nature. Uh, so I have no problem going camping alone. But first of all, the beach is not – sorry, Corpus Christi, but no. it's just – it's, it wasn't what, no. it wasn't what I was expecting at all. And um, But I was committed. you know. So I had a little fire and I had a tent. And in the middle of the night, something hit my tent and like bent it in and it popped back out. <sighs> And uh, also, this is stuff that you probably, <laughs> my PR is like, Shannon, keep these stories out of the podcast. <laughs> but I was so afraid. I, you know, I'm just, I'm a woman alone. I have my pepper spray and stuff, but I'm awake, you know, and I'm just scared. And I had to pee so bad. And I actually peed in my Yeti because I was too afraid to get out of my tent and go to the bathroom because I didn't know what was outside of my tent. And then I woke up and I realized somebody's umbrella had gotten blown away and that's what hit my tent but 
Yeah, that was that was me trying to fully experience Corpus Christi Carol. All right, just so you know, when when you were quote unquote camping on the beach, you were the only one actually camping. The rest of the people that were there were homeless. <laughs> no, there there was a lot of RVs, but it's a okay. cool beach because you can you can drive out there, um, yeah, yeah. you know, and park your car. But it it was not. I was experienced. I was. I was thinking it was going to be a different experience than than it was. And my apologies (laughs) if we've got any listeners for Corpus Crispy. Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah, my you can you can send me a nasty email. It's okay. I I can take it. Um, God, other people were great. I just you know when you listen to Jeff Buckley singing the song, you think that you know he references you know orchards and purple and gold and. that, yeah, that just wasn't it for me. <laughs> Some of the best barbecue I've ever had was in Corpus Christi. So there you go. Wow. Um, this is my low score. Like I, I, I know you said that this is his vocal performance of the record. I just didn't like it. And I, and, mm-hmm. and it's not that I don't like falsetto because Bon Iver is one of my favorite groups huh. out there. Um, but I don't know if Justin Vernon could even pull this one off. Also, is Bon Iver a group? Um, yeah, I think huh. it's I think it's a collaboration effort from Justin and whoever he brings along for the ride. So I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just yeah. curious. Yeah, I love Bon Iver. It's amazing. Uh, Wayne, your score. This is also my lowest score because I believe it's isn't it like a 16th century uh, fable or something from it's it's extremely old there's a lot of hats okay. i want to say that i read it <laughs> yeah it's about um i don't know originally because there's more to it than this even that i was reading on it but yeah it's it's i was not i expected it to be about a girl from corpus christi so whose name was carol it wasn't <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right yeah. Yeah. you know you know that, that your, was a good year score. for women yeah um my score is seven for Corpus Christi Carol. All right. Next song is Eternal Life. And I'm just gonna let Wayne Wayne start with this one. Go. This is the one that I like. I say I had mentioned earlier. You put it in the front. My only concern would be that that it would it would give people a false uh, idea of what this record was about. Yeah, this but is a rocker. Heavy, yeah. Well, this is a this is he- this is a heavy rocker. This oh, is because yeah. there's nothing else where the anger and the and and the just that heaviness is not anywhere else. And the I mean. Uh, Mick Grandal really, they re- he really is the star of this show. Uh, that bass on here is just front and center and gives it just all this really great low end. But the opening lyric 
uh, of eternal life is now on my trail. Got my red glitter coffin, man. Just need one last nail. Like he just, yeah. he is so rock star in this. He, he, and, and I mean, and just that whole life is too short. Uh, no one lives forever. And, you yep. know, and then of course, when he even gets, he gets heavy on that second part with the yep. racist, every man, what, what have you done, man, you've made a killer from the, from your un, unborn son. Like all of this, greed and corruption and racism and war and and all of this is being put into the next generation that's not even been born yet so uh, it's just this is i mean uh, rage against the machine did renegades where they covered a bunch of different songs from different groups and i would have even though this has a very similar rage against the machine version i would love to hear zach de la roca Ooh, do this that could be really cool. oh, I, I just would love to hear that did you guys listen to the ep the live at cine because he, nope. he, exp- he so he explains this song before they launch into it. So he says, um, and I got this off the interweb, so hopefully it's right. Um, it says this is a song about it's an angry song. Life's too short and too complicated for people behind desks and people behind masks. He's not talking about the mask that we're all wearing in 2020. Um, people <laughs> behind masks to be ruining other people's lives. Initiation. F- initiating force against other people's lives on the basis of their income, their color, their class, their religious beliefs, their whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love, he calls out Christians in it towards the end where he says, uh, tell me where is the love and what your prophet has said. Yeah. There's a line. Well, yeah. you know, if it's an angry song, it's going to get a top, top score <laughs> from, from Wayne. So, um, when I when I heard this uh, on a walk a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, "This is this will this will be Wayne's top score." And I was wrong by a few, but yeah. Um, Shannon, anything on this before we get scores? Other than the fact that I think in this conversation I've had with you guys, if I were going to cover a Jeff Buckley song, I'm very inspired right now to do a a, a piano slow version of this song <laughs> i think oh, that would be very cool yes um, yeah because i i might have to do that actually you guys might have just inspired me to do that but yeah th- this song's amazing um i love i love the fact that he can be so tender and um like feminine at times i would describe him as but then for me this is just so much Ugh, it's just so so gritty I love that I love that the song is on this record because a lot of uh, it could easily not be, you know, but I'm so glad it is. Yeah. 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 Wayne, your score. This is, yeah, this is a nine. I, this is the one I listened to this and last goodbye, like back to back again Mm. and again and again, just trying to make a decision. And, and every time this one started and, and when he goes into that first, those first two lines, I was just like, I I had to. All right. Shannon, your score. Yeah. Minus four. Right above Hallelujah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and this is my five. And when you do your cover, Shannon, um, just make sure that you say, "Hey, um, the guys from Records Revisited, <laughs> give us a little, give us a little shout out." I hundred percent will because right. I truly this has been this is an inspiring uh, conversation. It's fun. All right, Dream Brother is next. Mm. Free with the wind in a butterscotch hair 
My notes here. I feel like a dick because I wrote this. Uh, this is the radio song that I wish Radiohead would have written. <laughs> that is such a weird thing to say. That is All amazing. Right, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I'll that's shut, so I'll great. No. But Wayne, honestly, that- <laughs> uh, yeah, and this one, I, 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 the first verse is terrifying. Like, I can just see like the grim reaper over these two cute little twins sleeping in their bed. And I was just like, Oh my God. Uh, uh, And it, it does, it feels, especially in that, that repeated uh, don't be like the one who made me so old. Uh, This clearly very personal and a reference to his father. And so I, I believe he was, it was, the song was written for another friend whose girlfriend was pregnant and he was thinking about breaking up with her. And, and so Jeff Buckley wrote this song Mm -hmm. for him um, based on obviously some very personal inner feelings. Um, I love the, there's an instrumental part after the first uh, don't be like the one that left me, which is very heavy. And it feels like, feels like some, some leftovers they had from eternal life. They just weren't done. Uh, It, I don't know what else to say. I, I didn't give it a very high score, but it wasn't that I didn't uh, that I didn't like it. It was just it wasn't as it just didn't hit. Uh, I didn't connect to it as much as because I guess sometimes when something is so personal, you're like you can't can't necessarily relate. Yeah, Shannon, what do you got on this? Yeah, this song is a. Uh... I, to me, musically, this is one of my favorites. I just love the musical sound so much. Um, yeah. And, and it, lyrically it's not, I don't know. It's, I don't know if this makes sense, but it feels very old Testament mm. to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think about, I don't know. I think about Moses and Noah and stuff when I hear it, but musically, I just, I love this key. I love D minor and I just love sonically everything about it. All right. Let's get scores. Wayne. This is my two. And Shannon. This is my five. And this is my three. And I told you that technically Dream Brother is where the original release ends. But since my introduction was the version that was released after the fact. So Forget Her is also on this on this uh, this record. I kind of forgot about that, um, to be honest with you. I, I thought that that song was just part of the record. Pun intended. You almost heard. No, <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Um, and this song was originally on the album track list, but he then replaced it with so real. Purposefully, yeah. I heard that he, that Jeff Buckley pur- purposefully left this off the first record. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than uh, I think he made the right decision. In my yeah, opinion, I, 
And I, I, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't argue with anything he's done to this point. Um, but I love, I like, I like this song a lot. I like the bluesiness of it. I think the organ, uh, it gives it that, you know, that kind of, it, it works really well into giving it this nice bluesy feel. And like I say that his, his, he's got this heartbroken, angry thing that he, that he does just does very well. It almost made me feel like he left this off because it might've, whoever it's about may have known that it, cause I, I, I there's clearly she was a party girl who cheated on him and, and I don't know if he, if, like I say, I feel like he left it off on purpose because the person who it was about would have known and maybe that. Mm, maybe. Yeah. That, that would be a, that would be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I always wonder that about people that know the songs that were written about them. And then they end up doing those songs for 30 or 40 years. Yeah, exactly. You're playing them forever and they know it. Yeah. 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 We're talking about you, Warren Beatty, with your so vain. Um, (laughs) All right. uh, This is my two. Wayne, your score? I give it a seven. Wow. That's way too high. Um, Shannon, your score? (laughs) This is my five. So this is where I would say, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Yeah. Well, we missed, well, we're not doing forget her, right? That's right. No, I just did forget her. We we just did it right now. No, I meant, uh, wait, I thought we were still on dream brother. Didn't, didn't I get scores for dream brother? I thought I got scores. Well guys, I just poured myself a martini. So that makes sense. (laughs) so shannon so shannon i'm looking at your score so five was for dream brother forget her this was your lowest okay yes it was but i i will say when i when i did when i did that tribute show um we did uh a couple songs from that the record they released in 98 and um everybody here wants you was a song that would have gone so great on this record I think it would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite Jeff Buckley song, as Mm. I mentioned before. Um, Is is your guys's favorite Jeff Buckley song on this record? Yes. Mine is. Okay. All right. So everybody here wants you is mine. So, um, and that was actually written for Joan. Really? But whatever. Yeah. Um, wow. And it was nominated for best male rock vocal performance in 99 because it was off of his, you know, posthumous album that came out sweat sketches for my sweetheart, the drunk, which, yep. What a great title. I know. Uh, right? You know, what, the crazy, the crazy thing too, in talking to you guys about this record, which I'm a think out loud type of person. Um, he truly just, he writes a lot about death and about the fragility of life and about, I, I it's almost eerie, you know? Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. Is that because his his dad died young? So his dad was what twenty eight, twenty nine. He wasn't part of the twenty seven club, though, was he, Wayne? Oh, I, I Tim Buckley. We're talking Jeff about. Was. Oh, Jeff was I not. I thought it. Jeff was thirty when he passed away. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder if if knowing that your dad passed away at a young age, if that was mm-hmm. scarring, if that factored into his songwriting, yeah. where a lot of the songs are more dark. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm sure that it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, um, guys, ready to see what our top five is? Yes. What? Yeah. So we already know what number one is because we were all in agreement on that. Number two is Last Goodbye, average score of 8.66. Third was Hallelujah um, because, you know, Shannon, <laughs> tank, tank that. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm going to retire from music and go get a job. <laughs> I don't know, loading up crates in a semi. We're gonna blame we're gonna blame Jason Castro on your lower <laughs> score. Okay. Um all right. Uh fourth was so real with an average score of seven, and then we have a tie for fifth. So Grace and Lilac Wine both had an average mm. score of six point three three. Um just outside of the top five was Eternal Life. That was an average score of just six. So mm. That's a solid five, though. Yeah. Or six is. with the tie. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I would listen to that on repeat. Um, Shannon, this was fun. Yeah. yeah. This was great. This was a lot of fun. Um, this is actually, if I can say this and not get in trouble, this is the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. We love yeah. we love to hear that. That is yeah, I've really, I've really enjoyed that. And if I'm ever in Orlando, or and are you in New New York? Did you say Wayne? No, I'm up near Seattle. I'm in. Oh no, no, Seattle. Seattle. Why was I thinking New York? Yeah, man. If touring ever comes back, I would love to grab a beer and discuss why. I don't know why you don't like uh, Jeff Buckley, Lauren Hill, or Lauren Hill. <laughs> yeah, or Lauren Hill. <laughs> um, no, but I'm assuming. Are you guys both huge Rage Against the Machine fans? I am a huge, okay. yeah, I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. That's awesome. Very cool. I'm, I'm going to have to, I, I need to dig into their stuff. <sighs> yeah. So Shannon, tell, tell our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Shannon Labrie. You go to, um, my address is 1638. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Shannon and you can check out all the, all the things happening or you can follow me on, I'm not so much a Twitter person. I'm an Instagram user. Um, I'm trying to be tech savvy, but I grew up on a farm in Nebraska, so it's coming slow to me, but come say hey to me, please. Excellent. All right. So last question. I, we lift this question from a fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast. He asks his guests, who do you know? that I don't know who should join us on this podcast. And this is where I take, take uh, liberties uh, to revisit one of their favorite records. Who, who, who should we, who do you know? I think you should ask, well, can I, can I recommend three people? Sure. Is that okay? Okay. So do you, do you guys know who Gabe Dixon is? Uh, yes. Okay. 
Gabe and, not, and not just because he did some, some work with you on one of your records. Right. Which, wow, that's amazing. But Gabe Dixon is incredible. A lot of people don't know this. Gabe played, he actually played piano in a couple Paul McCartney records. He has written oh. some of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I mean, he is just one of the greatest piano players out there. Um, and his music, he is now an official member of the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Nice. But anyway, Gabe, Gabe Dixon, would, he's just one of the people I respect the most that I've ever met in music. So okay. Gabe Dixon, I would also put in there Kashana, who is one of my closest friends, but a phenomenal artist. Uh, her record listen is one of my favorite records. I was thinking of her though, when you guys were talking about Nina Simone, cause she's a, she does an incredible um, cover of electric eel. Uh, and she does some other great covers by Nina Simone. But anyway, she would be great. And I'm curious to know what record she would pick. And then I would like to toss in there my friend Jess Nolan, who I, re- I referenced earlier, um, has a great new record, but I would love to hear what her favorite album is. I think okay. she would probably pick a Joni Mitchell record, but yeah. All right. Anyway, That's good. Yeah. We'll, 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 oh, and you we'll should have it. my friend Paul McCartney on. <laughs> I, yeah, you should have him on. We've been trying to get Paul. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've Gosh, been can you imagine what his favorite record was? Wow. That would be crazy. I would be totally interested in hearing. I, I I I told somebody the other day. I said, you know, next year I think that I'm just gonna con- just going to like I'm going to send emails and tweets to Eric Church like every week until he finally just says I'm either going to get a restraining order against you or I'm just finally <laughs> going to show up on your podcast to talk because I'm really super interested on what he would pick for you know for for an episode i'd be are you a big eric church fan love eric church oh wow okay very cool well i'm gonna throw in the basket there which i would love to i could help facilitate this but tia sillers is an incredible songwriter i mean she wrote blue on black kenny wayne shepherd yeah Yeah. huge hit she wrote i hope you dance she's a great songwriter but it would be interesting to have her go through her favorite record um, and she's just a brilliant, fun person to talk to. We, we just but. talked to Rick Brantley. Rick Brantley. Ooh, yes. Co- he co-wrote a song with her. Yes. No, Rick Brantley and me and Tia have done some shows together. But what, what record did he pick? He chose Chris Christopherson's uh, debut. Chris Christopherson's debut. Oh, so good. Did you oh guys my. watch the Ken Burns special? Yes. Um. Yeah. Ken Burns. Uh, I did not know Christopher Cross or um, excuse me, Chris Christopherson's. I didn't know how influential he was in the country music scene until I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. I I had no idea. Amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We love Rick. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Also, whose dog is that? That's my stupid dog. (laughs) Oh, what kind of dog do you have? He is a, uh, a Chihuahua. He's a mix between a Chihuahua and a wiener dog. And he barks every time somebody walks in and out of the door. So uh, my oldest, my oldest just left, uh, left the house. So, all right, I'm going to edit that part out because I hate my dog. Um, All right. It's so real though. It is so real. You two ready to close this out? Should we say that this is our last goodbye? 
Yes, this is our last <laughs> goodbye. We should. All right. So as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to Records Revisited Podcast. Find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Podcast Records. Wayne, he's the, the man behind the Instagram page. Where can they find us on Instagram? Records Revisited Podcast. And then, of course, you can find us all on all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, please go subscribe and rate or review us. Can, can I just tell you that somebody um, put a review out there today or this week and said the host kind of sounds like Howard Stern? <laughs> that, was, wow. that was the greatest compliment anybody and i <laughs> yeah. and i know for certain it's nobody that i know um so i'm i'm very flattered thank you for whoever said that i sounded like howard because that is a huge compliment anyways so thanks for listening please go support the arts i would tell you to live go to a live show but you know the drill on that so find your favorites out there on the the socials i'm sure they're doing an instagram live i'm sure they're doing a facebook <laughs> live go 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 support them and of course buy a t-shirt of the band and buy a record mm. we are records revisited and we are out, out. out. <laughs>